But yeah, glad I wasn't recording that bit. Mm. Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom. As one half of the Omcast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello. It's very posh. So although we live in a world full of sequels, prequels, remakes and reboots, occasionally we go and see something that's none of these. Today we went to see 1917, a war epic directed by Sam Mendes and starring Dean Charles Chapman, George McKay and a who's who of classically trained British actors. Yeah. Yeah. There were bloody lots of them. Lots of them. There. It's like every time they kept coming across another officer, it's like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, it's that guy. I'm not going to say who they are because it was a good, like, I like it was like yeah. good surprises all the way through. What I liked was that the entire film, outside of the two protagonists, everyone was identifiable by their voice, followed by a shot of their boots. Yeah. Followed by a gradual, slow panning shot up to their face, and you went. He's that uh, guy. He's that guy, yeah. He's that guy. And it was just like every audibly in the cinema, everyone went, ah. <laughs> like, just, like every, lots of British people just going, ah, it's him from that thing that I've seen before. Um, but it, it was a nice yeah. bit of, um, uh, it's a bit of a mood lifter. Yeah, because it was, this is an intense film. Yeah. Fucking intense. Mm-hmm. It's like sex at a festival. Oh. I had to. I had to. You knew I was going to do that. I'm sorry. That's disrespectful. <laughs> it's not even disrespectful it's just, just disrespectful to anybody with a sense of humor <laughs> as, as a fair went as a fair went um, anyway I, I don't so we've just come back from having seen this yeah um, and I th- we got back from seeing this incredible film yeah so it's it's difficult to explain. I mean, principally, if you've seen the trailer, you understand what the film is about. Yeah, but not it's yet. very, very, very straightforward. Yeah, I mean, the, the story is very straightforward. But I think the the big selling point, and they've even they've put out like little because I went to cinema. I've been to cinema a couple of times this week, and one of the times mm. I went, there was the like this little sort of featurette where Sam Mendes explaining the method and the, like, yeah. the idea behind the film being that it's one continuous shot. Yeah, which is not going to be easy to sell with a trailer. No, so they ha- that's why they went and did this thing where they actually have a director talking to you and it's being shown in cinemas as, as a little mini trailer type thing, Yeah, which I haven't really seen before, a director explaining his film. Like, I've never seen... Nolan never did that for Dunkirk. No. Do you know what I mean? Um, but that is... Knowing that going in, I was like... That is like ambitious to say mm. the least um and there are times yeah so it is this one continuous shot which has become a bit of a trend in movies over the last few years yeah so it's known as a wanna yeah which and you and i are both well-known fans of we are the fans of the one i think i still think some of the best ones like it goes back to children of men yeah and alfonso Cuarón did a couple of amazing mm-hmm. one-shot takes where like the camera follows the character through a street into a building up a staircase mm-hmm. and it never cuts it never cuts away um and it's also been really used really well on tv so like some of the marvel shows yeah so the the one shot fight sequences from daredevil or mm-hmm. um intrude detective there was one amazing yeah. one from season one i remember that one that stands out most to me is um the first one that i was aware i'm not sure if it is actually the first the first one that i was aware of mm. is one of my top five films of all time it's a film called rope Oh yeah, Hitchcock. Right, yeah, yeah. That's another film that's done all as a one as well, and it's an amazing film. But when you first watch it and see the sort of the technological sort of achievement from it, Mm. it sort of throws you back in your seat a bit more. 
Um, but yeah, with but this, this is another level. Because when, this, when you go, right, I'm going to make the whole film like that, you just go, fuck, yeah. what? Because <laughs> that's the thing, like, Rope is, is, is that style, but it's set in one apartment. Yeah. The only, the only visible cut in that film is when you, you get the opening credits of the film and then you see the camera pan to a window, you hear a scream, and then the camera cuts into the apartment. That's the only time it cuts. And then, but it's in an apartment. It's this one, has exploded yeah. that into a new level. This has taken it from one part of one geographical location, shall we say, to others yeah. and more, but continues to follow the characters as they go. Yeah, and it's just, it's the way it's all stitched together. So, like, I mean, we can tell, like, you and I watching these, we can tell where the cuts are. There are certain places yeah. where, like, it, the camera will pass part, you know, by a wall or something, and you can tell, right, that's yeah. where they've snuck in a little Or cut. it'll go into, like, a dark location. And it's black for a second, just a split second, and that gives them time to reset. But it's the attention to detail and the continuity yeah. that carries on from shot to shot. So there's one particular one I'm thinking of where it's outside, and they, they're walking down a hill, and they it pans round a wall, mm-hmm. just a wall that's set there, and then it continues around, around the wall. Yeah. Clearly there was a cut there, but it's so perfectly staged... Yeah that you can't tell the difference and you get like to a point where the everyone's feet are in the right place. Mm-hmm. The clouds in the sky are in continuity with the previous shot. And it's just like it as a technical achievement it is fucking yeah. phenomenal. Um, and I was slightly worried going into it that it would, it would just be a technical achievement and it would be a bit gimmicky. Yeah. So that's part of the, the one of the things that I have with this film. Mm. So, I was very distracted by that at first. At first, yeah, I was the same. As it went on, yeah, I settled into it very yeah. well. Yeah, me too. Um, I think, yeah, the opening, um, I would say opening shot, but in theory it's all one shot, but mm. the opening sequence where it's these two guys just walking towards the camera and it's clearly just one long take. And it did, I was starting to think, yeah, it's a bit, sh- it's a bit sort of showboaty, it's a mm-hmm. bit... But it was as the film went on, they really, it was really cleverly paced and sort of set up. So there were very, there were lots of various different scenes. It wasn't just two people walking at a camera for two hours. No, they managed to intercut that with some dialogue scenes between two characters and some, you know, and that they managed to pace it perfectly. I think as the film went on, yeah. so that it didn't feel all the same thing for two hours, because that would have felt very sort yeah, of that's stagnant. what I was worried that it was going to be. Yeah, I was just worried that the entire film was going to be shot from 20 feet away. Yeah. And at first, like, I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, I was completely blown away and changed by it. But but what I would say is that I was wrong, because the, the way that it's used in the yeah. film is so much more intelligent than it has been in other ways yeah. so in other one is like it gives a sense of sort of claustrophobia like when you say about the hallway fights in the marvel shows or when you see about rope or something like you feel like you're there mm. and it's a lot more immersive and that works with this but in the tighter spaces yeah but then it, yeah equally it works in tighter spaces but then also in massive expansive spaces so like there's a sequence sort of i don't know about 20 minutes in whether it's them crossing no man's land yeah and it is just intense but it is the set that they constructed for them to do that or mm-hmm. it's not even set i don't even know what to call it salisbury plains yeah and they and the way they constructed it and everything was so carefully thought mm-hmm. out is phenomenal yeah <laughs> and it's all outside yeah and that's that's one of the things that i would say is sort of testament to the modern film design as well is that you can have something like that that is digitally done mm. in a real environment that looks seamless yeah 
So when you look at something like other sort of technological achievements, when you look at stuff like Game of Thrones and you realise that how much is actually there in relation to how much is visual effects, when you put it in something like this where it's used so sparingly, Mm. it's entirely immersive because you are looking at things and you think, that this there was there were points in this film where I was sort of quite shocked by how far yeah. we were seeing in these shots because you don't tend to see that in a one No, I think part of that is to do with it being Roger Deakins shooting yeah. it. Roger Deakins is is a cinematographer who is fucking like he's a master. He's, yeah, he's the guy who does stuff like No Country for Old Men. He did Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He did Skyfall, and mm-hmm. it's like he's like. You can take any Roger Deakin shot and put it as a frame on your wall. Yeah. Because it is just perfect. There, there was literally a point in this that I would say about the middle point mm. of the film where I was I was so just overwhelmed by the how visual this was yeah. and how striking the yeah. imagery was. I think I know what sequence you're talking yeah. about as well, yeah. And... Um, it's just this really, really powerful moment. There's just such muted colours and the way that the light plays with the dark, that plays with the audio and that plays with the sound and the way that everything builds in that one point. It's just, like you say, it's a combination of Mendez's direction yeah. with Deakins' visuals. And the score as well, I'd say. Thomas Newman did the yeah. score, which was awesome. Yeah. It was used, like, there were certain moments where there was, like, you were bombarded with it mm-hmm. and then it would recede and there'd be no score whatsoever yeah um and they use that really well and honestly i the more i think it is a i don't want to like use hyperbole but i do feel like the word masterpiece could be well, it is, i think it is a masterpiece yeah, there's no other way to describe it no like it's, this this yeah one thing i will say that i completely agree this is a masterpiece this is arguably maybe mendez's like magnum opus yeah because everything about this is beautiful. Everything about this is wonderfully shot. Everything about this is perfectly staged but and structured. Not just that, though. Not so much just the technical side of it. Just it has that heart as well, and the characters yeah. and the performances and mm-hmm. the actual and the story that it's telling, and the technical stuff doesn't detract from that. It adds to it, mm-hmm. and it keeps you guessing the whole time as yeah. well. Like there are no sort of narrative flops within no. this, and. There's a point in there that I was a bit like, oh, okay. Mm. But by the time I sort of, at that point in the film, I was like, you know, I'm in, I'm in this already. Yeah. Like, and like, and it's it's emotional at times. It's like, it's harrowing. And it's, mm-hmm. because obviously this is a subject matter that is close it's, to a lot of people's heart. And, yeah. and it does it in a very respectful way and a really real way. And I feel like it's an important film yeah. in a lot of ways. It's something that, like, you know, if you're GCSE students studying World War One, they should go watch this film mm-hmm. because this is such a sort of real, or what I feel to be a real depiction of it and mm-hmm. an uncompromising depiction of it. Yeah, that pays respects to yeah the, the the reality of what it is showing. Exactly, because the thing is, like Hollywood, especially, is known for sugarcoating. Yeah tough subjects Mm. and it's known for layering in sort of saccharine situations within really bleak moments yeah or doing the opposite and really like just pumping it full of testosterone and adrenaline and everyone's a super powered wonder soldier yeah in what should be a really touching war film Mm. and then you get something like saving private ryan for example Mm. which is i would put this up with saving private ryan yeah yeah, 
I wouldn't say it's... I would say that I don't think it has the same watchability. Like, you wouldn't be able to watch it as, like, regularly as no. you would something like Saving Private Ryan. Mm. But at the same time, I think that this is such a powerful, real and sort of grassroots depiction of what yeah. you would expect from war. But more so as well, when they say at the start, for example, and this isn't a spoiler or anything, but he just says, we just haven't got any food. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, well, I've got some bread. Yeah. So. Yeah. They have, some, a, they have some landless bread, which the elves gave them. And that yeah. gets them further than they thought it would. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah. Keeps them all juiced up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than go and see it, really. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's... I don't want to spoil anything. I don't even want to say who some of the actors who show up. And I will say that there are a, a great sort of cast of well-known actors who turn up and are all brilliant in their little, they only have like one scene each, mm. but they're great in their roles. But then on top of that, I think the two leads are fantastic. Yeah. They're so good. Um, and yeah, I don't want to harp on either one, but they are like launching career sort of, these guys are going to be yeah around for a while now. Yeah, um, I think so. The One of them, um, what's his name? The Tommin. What's his yeah. name? Dean Charles Chapman. Um, we, you would have seen him before. He was in Game of Thrones. Yeah. He played Tom and Brathian, um, first of his name, King of the Andals and the, and the Last Men. Or what, I can't remember the, all the titles. He wasn't Brathian anyway. He was a bastard. Doesn't matter. He was Tommen. Um And he's in this. Um, and he is really he good. He was an incest baby. He was an incest baby, yeah. You could tell because he was half fish. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was in this and he was genuinely really good. Um, and the other guy, George McKay, um, plays the other sort of officer who's sent on this mission. Um, yeah, I would say that McKay's got the standout. Yeah, McKay is amazing. And I've, I've only ever seen him in one thing before, which is Pride. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, like a film for sort of British film. It's like the Welsh. The Welsh. Mining. Mining. In the, yeah, with yeah. The, with the gays. Yep, that's it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about what the story is. The base, it's not much, the, the story is very basic. It's a case of these two young private uh, lieutenants or mm-hmm. get sent um, on a mission to deliver a message to some um, a battalion who's about to go over the top and attack the German lines. Yeah, and it's a message to stop the attack because new aerial reconnaissance has revealed that the Germans have actually got a shitload of. Military. It's a trap. It's a trap, and you're about to run up against a you know a complete slaughter unless you stop this attack and that's it that's the story there's yeah. nothing more complicated about it than that no. it's a mission two men are sent on a mission two men getting to another point to deliver the orders. point a to point b that's the story yeah but everything unfolds around that and they have tense interactions there are what you would i guess call action scenes there are dramatic scenes that and they're all around this journey that they're making from one place to another mm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's fucking brilliant. It is amazing. I would say, like, it's quite tiring to watch. Yeah, and I thought that beforehand. When they said, oh, it's a one, and it, it looks intense, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be like a like a stress test. Like yeah. a, but, again, I feel they do do a good job of pacing it mm. in such a way that when everything's, like, building to this crescendo and there's a long, drawn-out fight or a shootout or something, it then subsides. Yeah. And you get a quieter scene just to catch your breath and then yeah. get back into it again. Um, and he does a really good job of letting that ebb and flow happen. Yeah. Well, I think the 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 one for me that was 
not I wouldn't say most effective, but the one that really sort of struck a chord with me is is like in the back of the truck. Mm. Which again, like I'm not being in any way spoilerific about this, but there's a scene in the back of the truck that's really quite powerful mm. because you see all these different interactions and you see this this the way that people are communicating at that stage. Yeah. Goes to show not just again, like I'm saying, like there's so many layers to this because it's not the way that it was shot. It's not the way that it was directed. It's not the way that it was scored. It's the way that it's written. Yeah. It's the way that the dialogue in, is in there and the, the way that the script bounces itself around. Yeah. And again, yeah, I think this is... And that's the thing. This, the script is... Uh, yeah, and the script and the way it's done is so good because no one gives any big, eloquent speeches about no. the meaning of life and war and all that. Nothing's... It's all very, very real and downplayed yeah. and sort of stiff up, almost like... British stiff upper lip, yeah, like reservedness from yeah. all of them, um, in a way that only sort of people like Sam Mendes can do, and he also yeah. he has a writing credit on it as well. Um, and I think yeah, it's just it's go it's extraordinary, it. really. It, go like, it. Yeah, because <laughs> for a what a two hour oneer, which is arguably one of the best films I've seen in a very very yeah. very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from all stages, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's one of my favourite films, but I'm going to say this is genuinely, from a technical standpoint, from any perspective that you look at this film, it's absolutely spectacular. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah. It's hard to say anything else because no. without sort of delving into spoiler territory, and I don't think we should. No, I think this might be a movie that we re- revisit later in the year. Um, when we're talking about best of sort of lists and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that for the time being, that's pretty much all we need to say about 1917. Yeah. Um, go out and see it. Make sure you go and see it. Make sure you try and see it in the best cinema possible Yeah, as and well. that's, that's another thing I do. I think there are people who are going to see this who wouldn't usually go to the cinema, like my dad, for instance, mm-hmm. I was talking to him. Yeah. Uh, he never goes to the cinema, but he goes, I think I should for this. I'm like, yes. And yeah. having seen it, we went. We were lucky enough to go and see it at an IMAX, yeah. and it was absolutely amazing. Um, and I feel like it deserves to be seen on the biggest screen you can possibly see. Yeah. Um, similar to the way I felt about Dunkirk, actually, that was a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people like Christopher Nolan and Sam Mendes make films to be seen on the big screen. They yeah. are not people who are going to put something out on Netflix. They're never going to no. be those guys. They are filmmakers, and they, yeah, and they are fucking yeah. This is like I say, his magnum opus is genius. Yeah. Right, okay, so that's it. That's, yeah, that's it for 1917. Yeah, I think we're done. Um, so thank you for listening, guys. We will be back with some more stuff. We've done a couple of um, sort of awards films last couple of weeks. We've done Jojo Rabbit and this, yeah. which are both war films, but not well, very, very different. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think we, we will see what's coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, there's a, some more sort of awards contenders, things like um, David Copperfield, yeah, um, that's good. But then there's also some schlock, which I would be quite interested in. So, how are you feeling about doing Bad Boys? Fine, because we ride together and we die together, oh, Tom. Oh fuck off! Bad Boys for life. Oh fuck! We're 55 oh. years old. We still refer to ourselves as Bad Boys. I don't think there's a problem with that. I think it's fine. I don't think Martin Lawrence maybe should have gone to the gym like once. I, 
I think it would be a nice change of pace from having these intense movies that we watched the last couple of weeks to then just watch you, Bad Boys. Wait, these are intense films and they're moving to Bad Boys. Yeah. And I'm not going to call it <laughs> Bad Boys. I'm going to call them Bad Hyphen Boys <laughs> because these films shouldn't have been made bad, the first after, bad. after the first one. Bad Boys is brilliant. Yeah. Bad Boys 2. Yeah. No. You've Shut never up. seen Bad Boys 2. You've never seen Bad Boys 2. Or the bit, or the bit where they go to Cuba at the end. It was just one swan, actually. <laughs> anyway, we'll see. We'll, we'll yeah, got... what about that bit when they go... I'm not going to... I'm not going to... No. But it'll be I'm fun. I'm going to rise to this. Fuck off. Okay. There's a massive rock okay. next to you. Okay, so we might see something like really like, you know, artsy, like the, the lighthouse or something. I'm going to see the lighthouse. No, we're seeing bad boys. Bad boys for life. Or we might see bad boys. You'll see who won this argument next week when you see it come up in your feed what the next episode is. Until then, go out and see 1917. Thanks for listening. Contact us on all the social media channels. Just yep. search for The Oncast on Twitter and Instagram and all those places. Um, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I think we're a bit giddy because we're a bit sort of shell-shocked, I guess, because it was a fucking... Slightly offensive term. But... Uh, yeah, shell-shocked. I mean, yeah, that's not the right term, I guess. It's a little <laughs> bit offensive. But, I mean, g- genuinely, I'm blown away by this. Yeah. It was fucking phenomenal. Again, slightly offensive. Oh, fuck's sake. What do you want me to say? I just, just just keep keep rolling them out. Dropping doms left, right and centre. Oh, just but yeah. No, I, this I, film, I tell you what, this, this film left me with a real trench foot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a well-known phrase, isn't it? I don't fucking uh, know. I really went over the top on this one. Seriously. <laughs> oh, God. No, Us, right. And me, stop, stop. you, our brothers in arms. Laying down our... No. No, not doing Anyway. It. This is a um, real Battlefield 4. Yeah. Death. War crimes. No, sh- right, oh, stop I'm it. Sorry. Come on. Anyway. <laughs>